Hello and welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. Harvest Church is based in sunny Durban, South Africa. We are a family of believers who are passionate about Jesus. We really hope this message inspires you today. So as you can see, I'm going to minister on that this morning. The mandate's the same, disciple the nations. And uh, just the opening scripture for that to remind some of us is from Matthew 28, verse 18. And Jesus came and he said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you, and behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. It didn't say there, and Jesus came and said to Stu, or George, or Gibby, it's all of us. So this message is for all of us. See, discipling the nation's if you view it from what Jesus said and he viewed it from the kingdom, the kingdom of God is God's realm. It's, it's God's domain. And within the kingdom of God, you have the kingdom of heaven, which is his provision, which is his promises, and which is his resources. But I don't want to get into those two. I'll go down a, a, a hole, a rabbit hole if I go there. But that's the realm, and that's the perspective that we should be looking at when we do anything. And where Jesus said, disciple the nations, he said it through uh, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. But what we've done is we've reduced that to the gospel of the church. And because it's been reduced to the gospel of the church, it's a very, very small funnel of how you can actually get into serve. So today, if you said, I am going to church, you're still viewing the kingdom through a church lens. We have to view the church through the lens of the kingdom, not the kingdom through the lens of the church. So if you said to yourself, let's go to harvest the building as the church, then you're viewing it differently. You're viewing it through the kingdom. But if you came to church, and that is the expression of your Christianity, can I suggest that you are missing out on so much. You're missing out on so much and what God wants to do in and through you. And the gospel of the church says you have to be a certain level, so squeaky clean and so perfect, and we put all these legalistic hoops through how you can actually serve. Not here, but the gospel of the church says that. So therefore, there's only the few that end up giving their hearts and their souls and their lives and their wallets and their time and their energies and to come and shape the nations. This over here is a way where we get to scatter seed. But seed has to fall somewhere. And we'll read it and explain it now of Mark 4 where Jesus scatters the seed. He's the sower, and he speaks of him sowing the word. So friends, everything that we want to do, we want to establish you in 
the ways of the kingdom, not necessarily the ways of the church. The ways of the church are so essential that we can get together, that we can get to be, that we can have a time together where you feel safe, where you can find someone to be vulnerable to, where you can start to develop healthy, deep relationships with the few. We can't have relationships with everybody. I've tried, and through 20 years of ministry, I've learned a couple of things trying to do that. Thinking that everybody wants to grow. You see, there's two commands, really. The great commandment of love the, the world, love your neighbor as yourself, and then there's this one called the Great Commission. And if we don't rightly divide the two, then we stop actually doing what Jesus told us to do. You and I have a responsibility and a beautiful privilege and a beautiful honor to love our neighbor as ourself, and you can't do that in, until you've first been loved. And, and the more you allow yourself to be loved, the more naturally you love those around you. But then we've also got a responsibility and a privilege and honor to help shape and disciple others into seeing Jesus completely clearly. You see, this kingdom is about a father and a father who raises sons. And the wisdom of the father is this. He sent a son. And he sent a son who was in the image of who he was, but in a reflection of who he is. And he sent him as a man, and the humanity of Christ is so important. But the father sent a son. Why? Because in Romans 8 it says, the whole world is groaning for the sons to be revealed. You see, a revealed son, a son or a daughter revealing Christ points to the Father because Jesus said this, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And it didn't, he didn't want it to stop there. He wants you and I to get to the Father so he can heal all the Wounds that only a father can embrace and heal. Amen. That then he can raise sons. That sons in turn can reveal the father. Amen. And the progression of Jesus as a, a child, a son, and then an everlasting father. Amen. See, the discipling the nations has been reduced to programs instead of people. Amen. You see, if this continues and it magnifies within our city, we don't have enough buildings, but we do have enough tables. And it's your table, not to control. But to bring into a father's embrace. So if I can do this, because we're living in a fatherless generation. So if I can ask the fathers to stand. And I'm talking to mothers too. Fathers and mothers. It takes fathers and it takes mothers who have a desire to raise sons and disciple those around you, starting with your own family. However you want to receive, do that. Put your hand on your heart. 
your hands into the heavens. I don't know, however you want to receive. Close your eyes and receive. Heavenly Father, this nation is in our hands. It's not in those who are elected, but it's those kingdom mothers and fathers who know their sonship, mature sons and daughters. We take that and we say, Father, work in our hearts. Deal with us. Heal our wounds that we can raise. And if you don't have children, but you feel like you can do this spiritually, stand. No one's out of this. It's not only physical. Heavenly Father, thank you for your anointing to rest and remain and shape us. I thank you, Holy Spirit. We're dependent upon you in the formation of what you're doing in us by your grace. I thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. He sent a son to reveal him. We disciple the nations this way. The responsibility has to be multiplied. And you see, if we have a church mindset, we can leave that up to somebody else. In the days of dropping our children off at youth, and we love our youth here, it's phenomenal. But thinking that's gonna shape them and disciple them ongoingly, they're gonna have encounters, they're gonna have fun, they're gonna meet the people that they're gonna spend the rest of their life with, that is magnificent. But it's still our responsibility. It's mine and it's yours to raise up a generation that can stand in very, very, very tumultuous places and spaces and ground currently. The strength of us to take the responsibility back and saying, Jesus. And you know, it's quite a simple thing as he multiplied it and Jesus raised sons. And then Timothy, Paul raised a Timothy. And then they kept on doing that. Even if it's one, ask the Father for one. Just give me one that I can walk with. And if you're nervous about who God is showing you, come speak to us and we'll go, no, they're awesome. Hey, we don't know them. Let's build. We'll help that process. We can do that. But we have to, the youth, There's leaders and shapers inside of you. You see, this over here in the seed, it's it's giving information, but the one-on-one is a formation. And we need those people in, in our lives. Raising and releasing. I wanna ask us some questions. Don't put up your hands. 
what category would you place yourself in? Are you a convert to Christianity who goes to where the church meets sometimes? Are you a follower of Christ who goes to where the church meets because there's a difference? The one is in it to see if God is gonna meet their needs at the click of a finger and let me try this Christianity thing out. A follower has decided there's, there's followership. He said follow and we're following even if we're off the path and we, we're trying, but we make it on Sundays. You, you, might, be, you might be there. Uh, or possibly you're a believer of Jesus who lives the life. People who know you know that you're a Christian by the way you live, not only the way you speak. And you just, it's more than a, a Sunday Christian. And just a quick story of, just got so many stories because I deal with people all the time, but um, a couple of months ago we did our foundations course and there was a young man who has been interested in one of the daughters in our house and he was from another faith and she said, if you want to be more interested, you need to explore Christianity. I love that. Love that. She's like, I like you, you like me, but there's a belief system problem. This ain't gonna work. I'm not gonna get unequally yoked within my belief system with you. So he's like, I like you enough to explore Christianity. From a Hindu background, Hindu faith, and he came and did the foundations course, and while listening to the message of the gospel, he gave his life to the Lord there and then, and told me afterwards, and then his uh, now wife-to-be led him to the Lord um, more officially, because as, as, he had such a desire to pray. And then we did the baptism of the Holy Spirit and we were praying for people and uh, he had the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit so powerfully because he was so open. Why he was so open is because the beauty of the message of Jesus is this, that he gives you and I righteousness as a gift. Where every other religion is working for their righteousness because righteousness is the qualification to enter into intimacy or into ent enter into eternal life. So he was like, if this righteousness that I'm working so hard for and have to please thousands of deities and different gods, <laughs> Jesus gives it to me for free, I'm in. Muslim people that I speak to, I don't talk to them about Jesus. I ask them questions about their righteousness. And they are confounded when they tell, ask me the same question. I said, no, I, I got mine for free from Jesus because I believed in the finished work of the cross. I believed the gift that the Father offered me in Christ. And that's why it's so scandalous to a religious mind. So he, because of the openness to grace, he received the Holy Spirit so effortlessly. So he leaves here, he takes a drive. I don't know what's happening. I'm busy locking up. I'm in the parking lot. He comes up and he says, you have to tell me what's just happened to me. Because if this thing's gonna go away, you have to help me keep it. 
I've never felt so much peace and love. I've got vision. Um, It was just so clear as the spirit of grace filled him and came upon him. He comes to me and he says, I know people in the Bible, when they receive Jesus, they they get baptized immediately. He says, can I be intentional with my baptism and invite my family? You see, he's not a convert. He's not a follower. He's He's in deep. He's gone. I, I want to be a disciple of Christ. I want to be a follower of Christ. I, I want to be a, a demonstrator of the ways of Christ. That's what a disciple is. I want to now help my family. So it hasn't remained with him. It's pouring out of him. So we do his baptism and his family is there. And I'm intentional with the people that I know is there. So Uh, I share a lot of the word in that process. And from that moment, his family are now asking more questions and more questions and more questions. And one of the family members passed away. So therefore now, because of the message of of the cross, they're asking eternal questions for the first time. So where am I going to go in my current belief? And because he's so fresh and he's... It's so real and it's so raw. The knife is very sharp. And he's like, well, I don't think it's going to be with the eternal father, your creator. And asking questions. But you see, because his life is a sower of seed by the way he lives and by the way he speaks, that it's transforming people around him. He hasn't been caught up in religion. He hasn't been caught up in legalism. You know, and, and, and a lot of us over here who have walked with the Lord for a long time, we're, rec- we're recovering legalists. So we're getting over that stuff. It hasn't worked. We've just said, oh, it doesn't work. The, the grace of God, we want to continue to grow in the grace of God consistently because then the life of God flows. So that's a beautiful story and it's unfolding and doing marriage counseling with them. And it's going to be such a beautiful evidence of a story of going, taking someone who's a convert and if they open for love, they open for change, we give them the right message straight away. And cuts out all the stuff. Number four, are you a disciple who is about the king's business wherever you are? A son or a daughter about the father's business. Intentional life. If it's a church mindset, then it's reduced to those who are here. If it's a kingdom mindset, you are the seed that people need to place in a heart. And you know, I I know this. Seed's going to get in somewhere. We have to nurture that. We have to get the heart in a place so it's ready to receive. A discipler, number five, who is discipling. Mature sons and, and, and daughters, mothers and fathers raising sons and daughters. So it comes to this question. There's people that have influenced your life, positively and negatively, but I want to shift it to us looking at people that can help shape our lives for our future. What does that look like for you? And can you be that person? So we've heard many great sermons. We've read countless books. We've interacted with many great leaders. 
but who has influenced your life to the point that you live differently because of who they are in your life. Those who have made a significant impact. Those are the people that we need. You see, it's not so much who you believe in that influences your life, but those that believe in you that have influenced your life towards transformative change and impact. Could be a parent, could be a grandparent. Grandparents with children that might not be where you would have loved them to be. Maybe they've walked off the path. If you get moments with those grandkids, you pour in and you invest. It could have been a teacher, it could be a sibling, it could be friends, it could be friends' parents. I wanna be that guy, I wanna be that guy for my kids' friends. A teacher, a coach, a pastor, a mentor, a counselor, a friend. I know exactly in my journey who's influenced my life. But here's the thing, I've chosen that and opened myself up to that influence. Because my heart was ready. It was my brother when I first got saved. It was Keir Taylor when I got saved. There's been Bill Johnson for a season in my life and then there's Tony Fitzgerald. You see, we have to ask ourselves the question, who's the Paul in my life? Who is above me in years? Who's walked this journey? Who can I look at and go, I want that in my life? Who's that in your life? Who are the Timothys in your life? Who are those that you are actually investing in? Because it's a Timothy's responsibility to find the Paul. Not Paul going, hey, I feel in God that you are my spiritual son. I'm like, no. It's my responsibility to go and find those who I can, who I can get from and an investment from. And sometimes they're at a distance, but I pour my time and my energy into listening and into receiving because of lifestyle. And they're usually 20 years ahead of me. And then who are those I'm pouring into? Those who have come to ask. And who are my Barnabases? Who are my brothers that are around me encouraging me? Who are those people? Those you need people like that in your life. See, the Holy Spirit uses people to form us. And that's the interaction. So I'll use every opportunity to sow unconditional love and his ways to everyone I encounter. And that's why I love when my kids bring their friends home. I absolutely love, I love it. You see, discipleship's goal is not about information but formation. And that's your and our responsibility, friends. We, we, you, 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 there must be a desire in you to take your sonship from immaturity to maturity. There has to be this desire to say, there's more in me for others as well. But there's more in me in my journey towards the Father all the time. In Mark 4, we see where Jesus tells a parable of sowing seed and falls on hard ground and rocky ground and thorny ground and soft soil. And Jesus teaches us that it's a condition of someone's heart when something's sown. And, and Jesus amazingly, wherever he went, villages and towns, he just 
sowed seed. He sowed seed because why? That's the commandment of love. That's commandment to love my neighbor. So I'm going to sow seed. I, I sow seed at the petrol station. I sow seed when I'm, I'm paying for things. I, I sow seed when people come across my path. I, I just want to sow seed all the time because that seed's going to fall somewhere. And I trust that where it falls on, on soft soil, that that investment then can start to grow. Because that seed, if it falls in a place of hunger, people are going to come back and say, I want to learn more. Amen. And he told us that there's going to be four responses to everything that he taught all the time. Even today, there's responses of what is being taught, and it's, it's hard ground and shallow, stony ground, thorny and soft. And a hard ground is a, a, a callous, unbelieving heart. And maybe we'll unpack this sometime. And a shallow, stony ground, it's a quick repentance with no depth. So they receive the word with joy, and as they move towards the door, the cares of life, oh no, no root. Thorny ground, it's the deceitfulness of riches, and just get caught up within the world, and the Bible says the care of other things chokes it and strangles the word of God. And then there's soft soil, those who respond with depth and sincerity. And this is what I've learned in the last 20 years of, of disciple making. I just wanna let you know there's, what does success look like in the kingdom? What does success look like? Jesus had 12 guys, and one was left at the cross, but they changed the world. So what does success look like? Does success look like a mega church? Does success look like discipling the nations? Does success look like you being fully you and receiving the fullness of who Christ is in you and giving that away at a cup of coffee? Because that's discipleship. Is discipleship me becoming all things to all people that I may win you for Christ? Number one, I look for those who are genuinely open. This is for you, not for me. I'm sharing it with you so you can take it. Disciple making. Look for those who are genuinely open and want to grow. And there, invest your time and energy. Someone can come to you. You've got a business. They want to know why you've got a successful business. Maybe their motive is money. They want to know how to make more money. There's a great opportunity for discipling a heart. You've got a successful business. Do you know that it's not only for you? <laughs> it's to shape someone's heart. It's to mentor someone. It's to bring them through. It's to help give your expertise of what you've learned and how you're growing away as long as it's in the line of the kingdom. Not the world system, the kingdom. I've learned on the journey of hard knocks and wasted energy that I'm not responsible for making people grow who didn't want to grow. <laughs> yes, I've learned so much. I've spent so much time <laughs> on people that don't want to grow. Amen. Before I came to Harvest. Oh, you've, that was very slow of you all. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have. I, I've, I've given, because you know what? There's some, I, I live a real life, but I'm, I'm, I'm a little, I'm a lot idealistic when it comes to the beauty of this gospel. So therefore, I'm like, this gospel will impact anyone. Because it will. 
but I'm maybe just not the package that it needs to come through. Maybe you the package. I love and pray for them, but I don't chase after people. The last time I chased after someone, it was in Western Province, playing against Western Province, and Brayton Pulsar was running away from me, and he gained three meters a second. I said, oh, that's the last time I'm chasing someone. <laughs> that guy was quick. So I was like, no, I'm not chasing anyone again. It's hard work. I continue to love and serve while I look for those who are serious about knowing and following Jesus. Why I say this? Because the time is now for you to go, I don't have all things together, man. How can I do this? Because a church mindset, it has to look like this. Hey, if you don't really, really, really know me, you think it's all fine up here. I am so real, man. I've got five kids. I've got a beautiful wife. I said to my wife this morning, the reason I know we're gonna, be, we're gonna make it is because you pray and you worship like that. Amen. I know it's on the recording, sorry, tons. But this morning, she is worshiping like crazy and we are hearing chimes like ding, 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 ding. And we like, so we all thinking maybe it's someone's, it's someone's phone. Now it was Tanza's phone, but listen to the beauty of my wife. She thinks she's going to heaven. <laughs> she is so open to God that she's like, dude, this, there's an added instrument today. And there wasn't. I love you, Bookie. But it was amazing. We're like, babe, it's your phone. She's like, oh. <laughs> she honestly thought we were like, bro, <laughs> ceiling's open. We're going, you know. Oh, I love that girl, eh? Oh, my Bookie. So I want to give loving invitations to Jesus, of Jesus to everyone, but I want to teach the loving ways of Jesus to those who are serious. You see, so we don't have to go one or the other. It's both and all the time. And then you go look and you're like, Jesus had a revival going. And his disciples were like, whoa, we can, we, let's stay. And Peter comes and finds him because he's like, hey, but you need to preach. It's like I'm going to the next town. There's enough seed in soft hearts here. And, and, I, and I say this in a way, let me say it and then maybe I have to clarify afterwards, but we lower the bar for doing church, if you know what I'm saying? So that everyone can be a part of it. But we create more intentionality around those who want to grow in Christ. And we've got avenues for that. And we are in desperate, beautiful need of, of leaders who are mature in Jesus to open up their homes. We're always looking for those beautiful people. We consciously and unconditionally love everyone we minister to but have recognized that some people are hungry to grow and others aren't. And at, you know, at Harvest, we're okay with that. Because the responsibility falls on us and your own heart. And the responsibility is, uh, oh, I thought I was gonna get fixed like this in that meeting. Yes, because we believe in the supernatural power and presence of God. But I've realized more that the God's in the process. There are these moments, and I think we're having increasing moments in God. We're gonna have increasing moments of God. We're naturally supernatural. It happens a lot easier. 
but there's process of me tending and keeping my own heart before him. The loving people and making disciples are two different things. My children and their friends. I just want to share this story. So when the kids bring their friends home, they're like, Dad, you, you're like sometimes a lot more affectionate and nice and kind to my friends. And I said, yeah, because my responsibility is to love them unconditionally. Because I don't know where they're coming from. I don't know what households they're coming from. So they need to get to experience a father. A son first who's revealing father. I want them to get to experience that. I said, but I'm lovingly training you for your future. I've got a moment with them. I've got a lifetime with you. So therefore, when I pull you a little closer to me and I look you in the eyeball and you're like, your breath stinks, Dad. I said, yeah. <laughs> you better get this one. Because I've other conversations longer. Yes, Dad. <laughs> because my responsibility is the both and all the time. Your responsibility is the both and all the time. Because there's a someone that's going to be hungry. There's someone that's got a heart for what you want to invest in them. The multitudes we love, the multitudes we feed, the multitudes we minister to, the multitudes we set free. But the one or two we train to do the same, to multiply it that way. And no one's off the hook. If we don't make the distinction, we'll confuse the great commandments to love our neighbors as ourselves and the great commission to make disciples of all nations. So if you want to grow into Christ's grace, be intentional, get into community, find a group, look for a person that you can walk with. If you want to walk with others, pray for one person. Can't approach someone and say, I've already said it, I'm going to be your new father. I'm like, we have to be careful with that because it has to come from your heart to respond to what someone wants to deposit and give there's people that want to make people up grow. We respond to invitation, we never impose. Father wants to raise sons, who in turn become fathers who raise sons, mothers, daughters. And God will help us deal with the condition of our heart. So shall we do that? Great commandment. We do that. Sow your seed. Seed of the kingdom. Seed of the kingdom. God's realm, God's heart. Dispense the kingdom of heaven, his promises, his provision, and his resources. And those who want to learn, take them into your home, get around a table, eat a meal, and talk about Jesus. Discover Jesus in our time and in our age. Because people are desperate. And don't give up. Keep on celebrating, keep on gathering. So Heavenly Father, before I hand over to Stu, we're gonna pray for people. I'm gonna go to the door and greet you and hug you. And 
Look, Father, Discipleship 101. This is a kingdom led by a father who raised a son, who raised sons, who became fathers, who raised sons and mothers and daughters. And the increase of your kingdom, there will be no end. So I thank you, even in this place, as fathers and mothers stood, in a moment we believe that you can heal wounds of our heart. That's stopping us from investing, stopping us break into our pride and break into our self-righteousness. And I thank you that we can surrender and yield ourselves to you, Spirit of God. Because the mandate is still the same. We need to disciple the nations. So thank you, Father, for each home that hosts your presence and exalts Jesus. That people come in, they see something different, taste something different, hear something different. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.